Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. I'm your host Dan Tracy and we're back with another episode and more importantly another top guest. Joining me tonight is the club captain and someone who has recently stepped onto the other side of the touchline as well. That's because I'm joined by Michael Dixon. Michael it's a pleasure to have you on board tonight and I hope all is well. Yeah all good Dan thank you. Fantastic. Okay, so where's a good place to start this evening? Let's get some background on yourself with some quick fire questions just to lighten the mood. Are you ready, Michael? Hey, are we? Fantastic. So for those who don't know, how old are you? 38, nearly 39. So what position do you play for Blue Start? Uh, sort of central midfield, holding midfield player. Okay, which player did you idolise growing up? Oh, bit of a strange one. I'd have to go back to within my position. I'd have to say it's not the most sort of glamorous one, but... The likes of a David Batty, playing Ooh. for Newcastle and playing for England. Yes, uh, very much a combative midfield player. Get it and give it and was very competitive. So, yeah, I was uh, I was a similar type player to him when I was young. I was going to say, is that someone you've kind of moulded your own game on? Yes, very much so. Um, um, not that I wouldn't confess to be the, the most gifted as a central field player, spraying balls around. But um, in terms of, yes, very competitive in terms of tackling and heading and uh, and, and getting it and giving it a better player so we can then do something with the ball. So, yes, uh, very very similar to, to how he played as well. And if David Batty's from the generation before, what player would you aspire to be in this generation? Oh, I'd, I quite like watching um, N'Gole Kante, again, similar kind of sort of position, but probably took it to the next level. He's added the dimension he gets is that he gets goals and he probably drives forward more. And that's just probably the, the way the modern games went now, I suppose. But, yeah, I do, uh, I do enjoy watching watching him play. Well, if we had an N'Golo Kante in our team, life would be so much easier, wouldn't it? But unfortunately, we haven't got that luxury. But that's the quick fire round out of the way. So let's get some insight into your current time at Blue Star. As I hinted at the start of the show, it's been an element of change in the past month. And for those who don't know, can you explain the additional role that you've taken on? Yeah, um, no problem, Dan. It was sort of Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve. So obviously, Bryce, uh, Paul Bryce had a great opportunity to move on to, to concert, a, a cracking club who've got ambitions to kind of move um, up the football ladder at the time they were still in the FA of Oz so yeah had a quick call with Liam and, and, and sort of Stephen Best as well and just discussed I think probably due to my age and experience um, it's a bit of a natural step for me in terms of rather than bringing someone sort of fresh in during the season it was just to kind of be a bit of a buffer for, for Liam till the end of the season um, and I'm, as a, I'm a month in now I'm really enjoying it was that the logic of just trying to keep things as smooth as possible? As you say, you could bring someone else in, but there's always that risk of it slightly being disjointed, a new man with new ideas. That It's that, I guess, cohesion that you want in the second half of the campaign. So were you the perfect man for the uh, for the position? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, I think I, I want to play. I mean, I was kind of, uh, I want to continue playing and, and be part of the, the playing side. But yeah, they, me and Liam go back a long way. I, I played with Liam when I was like 10, 11 year old for Newcastle Boys. Um, so we've had that sort of, uh, there's there's a friendship there that's in, that's probably grew stronger since um since the summer since, since the season started so yeah like like I say it was a natural sort of thing it was it was in, it was an easy sort of um transition I think to kind of be that that buff and I think again there's that relationship already there with the lads and I think again with my experience I've I've been a bit of a voice in the dressing room um and offered sort of some some support to both Bryce and Liam and with the players so yeah it was it, it felt kind of quite uh, natural to just kind of for that to continue really. Now, at the age of 38, no disrespect, but you'll be in the twilight of your career. So has a progression into the managerial side always been something that you've kind of been planning at some stage? Or has the recent responsibility afforded to you been something that's just opened your eyes to a new aspect of the game? 
I certainly opened my eyes in terms of just the what goes on behind the scenes rather than being a player and just kind of turning up for training and matches and, and doing your bit and then kind of that's you done. So um, it's in the blood slightly. I mean, my me dad was a player, kind of a non-league player. And he managed, um, I was assistant manager of Whitley Bay back in the late 80s, early 90s. So I've been sort of immersed within non-league football for many years. So um, yeah, something I'm enjoying. It's probably something I'll, uh, yeah, there's a point now, I think, where getting to that age, 39 in a few weeks, there's probably not many games left uh, in the legs. Um, but yeah, it's something I'm enjoying and something I'm going to sort of consider uh, to do moving forward, I think, yeah. So you mentioned your previous history with Liam. How have you found working with him with these enhanced duties? Is he helping you as much as you're helping him at the moment? Because I guess it's new to you. So obviously you're the assistant, but I guess he has to kind of guide you through this kind of new step. So is it quite an intertwined relationship at the moment? Yeah, I mean, to be, to be fair to Liam, he's... he's... He's he's all in, and I think he's yeah. I'm I'm sort of really enjoying working with him and, and learning lots of him. He's had lots of experience. Um, I think where I've kind of continued playing, being the same age as him. He's he's had a six or seven years previous to joining Blue Star as a manager of Pontelland. So yeah, what he's what he's learned at this level and probably and beyond is is invaluable, really. So to get um, sort of learn off him in terms of just he's he's what I would say about Liam. He's a he's he's a brilliant man manager. I think he, how he, he manages the players in the dressing room. Um, is really good. So yeah, in terms of anything I'm taking off that, and, and again, my experience of being in lots of dress rooms and working with lots of good managers is um, one aspect I've, I've seen of Liam is that he's, yeah, he's 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 really good with the players, and it's something I'm probably um, starting to do a bit more rather than just being a player. And you know, selfishly, as you do look after yourself, is that understanding of trying to put that arm around the shoulder of, of other players and understand when some are down and when some are up and, and, and leveling them out and stuff. So yeah, it's been a been an exciting month, kind of just in, in seeing a different side of what goes on in terms of a, in terms of football club and, and in management, really. So, in terms of the dynamic between you and your teammates, has that changed slightly? Because a month or so ago, you're just a teammate. Now you've got more responsibility, more power, if you will, for use of a better term. So, how has that been? Has it been quite a smooth transition? Was it difficult to get your head around at first? Because the conversations you're having with teammates are kind of slightly different now because you are coming with a more authoritative voice. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I think we'll, we'll try to keep it as basic as possible. I think, yeah, and to be honest, Dan, Liam's the manager and it will kind of try to establish where I would be still the player and with, with other responsibilities in terms of around the training that we're doing and on match days, just kind of, you know, the, Liam gives me a chance to, to have a bit of a say in the dressing room sort of before and afterwards and in, in half time. Um, we've got a lot of experienced lads in the dressing room. You know, there's there's a spine within the team of, you know, sheep the goalkeeper, Stevie Little at centre-half. Um, you know, we've just signed Damo Stevenson, uh, Stevens, who's who just turned 30, who's had a lot of Northern League experience. So as a spine and myself sitting in there, and you've got lots of sort of young, exciting talent around that kind of, you know, they're all, I think there's a there's a togetherness now within, well, there always has been, I think, since the turn of the year. Um, I think there's a lot of people that took more responsibility in terms of communicating and, and, um, and yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a good balance. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm, very much a player. I think the joke on in the dressing room, not to say too much now, that uh, it'll, it'll, it'll go back to Liam and, <laughs> Liam and it in a tongue-in-cheek way. But uh, no, I think it's in, in the main, it's uh, it's very much, I'm one of the players and I, I want to be one of them. But yeah, they, I think they, they've got that respect as well, that um, it's, it's that interaction, that relationship. It's 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 going to I think the, the two games in since Christmas have really, that we've been involved, have really helped kind of cement that relationship between the sort of players and the management. I think there's, like I say, there's a real good buzz around the place now. Well, I was going to mention those two games because in terms of transition on the field, it's been as smooth as you could have hoped for because you look at that Killingworth win 
absolutely massive in the context of the title race. From your point of view, just how big was that 2-0 victory? Oh, huge, Dan. We didn't want to put too much pressure on on the game and we, we kind of we, we trained really hard from probably we trained in between Christmas we trained we did the game wasn't until the 15th because we had a game called off so we trained really hard to that and I think we um I think we thought that might you know fitness like mo- most things can be a, um the cutting edge I think it certainly was on that day I think we we certainly looked sharper um yeah we like I say we didn't want to put too much pressure on the game but if we lost the game we were kind of 16 points adrift and yeah, it, it's as a gambler man, you know you're not coming back from that, you know. Yeah, and it's... all of a sudden, you know, we prepare well, we trained yesterday, we prepare well, we um, we win tomorrow, and psychologically, well, the league table it'll be down to four points, and it's it's there's a bit of pressure on on them now going to their game on Saturday. So yeah, it, it was it was a massive game, one we had to win, and uh, I thought we applied ourselves really well, and, and, and I think we kind of just completely dominated the game we did from start to finish. Well, you mentioned that about the Friday night football, and how big will that advantage be? Because if you can. Get that win first. As you say, yes, it's four points. And yes, Killingworth will have a game in hand, which could change the complexion quite quickly. But at the same time, it does keep asking a big question of them, doesn't it? Because if you're getting those points on the board first, they've always got to retaliate. And if you kind of knock it on the door, at some point, they might not answer. No, no, exactly. And I've, you know, I've had, had a few of these sort of situations before in my sort of 19 year of playing sort of um, non-league football. But no, you're absolutely right. I think the advantage of that on Friday night is to, to get that gap down to four, and, and we we do we put the pressure on them. And I think the other side of that is there's there's a sort of hunting pack in around ourselves and killing us. So I think again, if we can get to nine o'clock on Friday night, we're we're in that uh, we're in the tent, and we're now kind of six or seven points ahead of Prudder and Burden and, and the likes of Win Leighton, who are are all kind of lurking. It again, it's we're starting to kind of just to pull away from them, you know, and they're they're looking up at us a bit more as well. But yeah, certainly for killing us, Jonas and the pressure really mounts on them. I think on their, on Saturday within their game doing. You know, if they lose, you know, we're only a win and a draw from from closing closing them down. Absolutely. At the same time, is the mindset almost a case of you have to sort of take your own campaign in isolation? That if you just focus on winning your matches and not quite worry about everyone else, then you never know what's around the corner. It's always a kind of bit of a guessing game if you kind of think, okay, well, Killingworth might do this, that, and the other. But if you just focus on your bit and keep winning matches, then hopefully the house of cards will collapse elsewhere. Exactly that. Yeah, and we, we said before the Killingworth game, we had a meeting. Um, just at the start of the new year, and we had we had 14 league games left at that time, and there were 14 cup finals, and we take them like you say rightly so in isolation, um, and we've we've six points from the two games, and we we move on. Yeah, I mean, there's to be fair, we've got a really a good WhatsApp group, which all the lads are in, and um, there's comments made and stuff. But if we refer back to very sort of close to our hearts, is that 1996 Man United were 12 points behind Newcastle. And they did exactly that. You know, they took game by game, and and they ended up winning the league by about three or four points. So there's little motivations like that that will that kind of we remind and reinforce that it's not dead in the water. And yeah, while it's it's seven points now, and it could be four on Friday, it's it's massive, and and we want to just try and put as much pressure on them as possible. You're right, it's it's taking it game by game. In this case, would you rather be the hunter than the hunted? Then because ultimately there's not as much pressure on you because Kingworth have got themselves in a position where they have to maintain it. They've had such a great run which has finally come to an end and then you sort of think sometimes results come in clusters. Like you lose a game and then you might draw another one. You might draw two or so. So because of that, you kind of think nothing's nothing's impossible at this point in the campaign. There's so much football and so many twists and turns yet to go. Yeah. I, fair, I, so initially, fair play to them to go oh, yeah, to 17 games course, before, yeah. The, yeah, before they come to our place to win 17 games in a row in the league is, was a great achievement and it was it was great that we could kind of we could stop that really and I think 
all mentality certainly from the New Year's changed. That I think we, I think if I look around the dressing room and see certainly the game at the weekend there, we went to North Shields and very professional in terms of six one. That I think we're quite enjoying being or, or, or hunting them down. I think I think there's that mentality now in the dressing room that yeah, there's there's a bit between our teeth that we want to go and do it. Equally, I think if we were seven points clear and we had the same attitude, I think I, think I look at us at the moment. I think I think no one would catch us the way the way we our mindset is. But yeah, I think at the moment we're very much we're enjoying. We're enjoying the chase because you're right. I think there's a if they go on another run and win the next sort of 13 league games, yeah, you, you take your hat off and you say, look, well, worthy winners. But you're right. There's a lot of football we played. I think because that points gap's reduced, um, it's yeah, it's going to it's going to be interesting how how they react. Yeah, I know how we'll react because I think I, I see us in training in, in the dressing room and the buzz around the place. It'll be interesting how how they cope the next few weeks. You mentioned a professional performance at the weekend. That was exactly in my notes because let's be honest, the weather was pretty awful from a playing point of view. So, I know North Shields don't pose the toughest test. They are kind of at Langshing at the bottom end of the table. But you've got to turn up, you've got to do the business. And Blue Star did exactly that last weekend. No, definitely. Like, you're exactly right, Dan. There was there was a, it was a low sun. There was a slope on the pitch. There was a wind kind of going from uh, from one goal to the other. So, we, we did well to kind of take that lead. And 4-0 at half-time was, was very professional. Yeah, and I think if anything, we, we were disappointed, I think. I mean... We needed the win. We're at a point now where we've got this tw- we win our next twelve games. I think we we've got a chance to win the league. So, like you said, we take each game as it comes. But there was a sort of little bit of disappointment in the fact that we conceded. Like, yeah, we we kind of our sheep. He's not conceded many goals. I think we would have no, conceded fifty in the league this season. Yeah. So uh, for him, there was a disappointment as a team because we we would like that clean sheet and we're trying to get into good habits of, of scoring goals and, and, and keeping clean sheets to their end. But um, no, you're right. It was, it's I think a win's a win at this at this at this point in the season now in the situation that we're in but to do it emphatically with a, with a 6-1 win was, was really good Oh I mean at this point in the season by hook or by crook you take the three points I know goal difference can be a factor but scrappy 1-0 wins can be just as valuable as a 6-1 pumping so you know if it happens that way then so be it yes. but in terms of Blue Star itself we haven't really sort of focused on your time when did you join the club what's been your experience I was I've had some about 15, 16 year playing sort of Northern League football, um, and it was 2015, 16. I kind of hung the boots up. I had a young daughter in 2014, um, new job. So I had about three or four year kind of happily retired, going to watch games. And the old manager of Blue Star, Steve Preen, was a really good friend of mine. Last Christmas, was December 2020, uh, was struggling for a team due to COVID at that time. So I, I got the boots on, played against Kem Fika, and uh, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed it. I- and then obviously the I mean, we call it referred was the COVID Cup that, that that happened in the in the spring at Easter time last year. And obviously Liam and Bryce I took charge. So at the time when he weren't doing much, I kind of was enjoying just keeping fit and playing games. And it's kind of just developed from there. So um, priest Liam asked me in pre-season would I stay on. I was always going to. I was enjoying the football, and it's it's just it's gone from there now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of here I am. But yeah, it was very much sort of the boots had been hung up and were in the garage and sort of dragged out last year and. And a bit of a second win, I suppose, yeah. And finally, for those listening, would you say it's exciting times both on and off the pitch for Blue Star? Yes, definitely so. I mean, we've got a goal, like the whole club's got a goal. This club's only wants to sort of progress and, and, and move up the leagues and that may take time and we've got to be able to walk. Uh you've got to you know, you've got to walk before you can run. But I think we've had three years now in this league. I think it's I think this is as good a chance as any we've got, albeit we've given ourselves a bit of a mountain to climb. There's an end goal in sight there. I think that everyone, the, the whole club, wants to achieve. And I think, yeah, there's, I think this could be an exciting last few few months of the season that hopefully could uh, could see us 
I think the club deserves. I think that there's, there's the support. I mean, you look tomorrow night, there could be anywhere between 750 and 1,000 people there. You know, that that club for that deserves to be playing kind of higher level football. And as players, we've got that responsibility now and to try and kind of achieve that. Well, best of luck, not only for tomorrow night and for the rest of the season, of course, because you're right, it's going to be a fascinating end, a mountain to climb. But if it is scaled and we win the league, then the celebrations are going to be astronomical, no doubt about that. So before we log off and wrap up the show, is there anything you'd like to add? No, no, Dan, that's, that, that's fine. It's been, uh, I've enjoyed doing this, I, so uh, thanks very much. Not a problem. Thanks for your time, Michael. OK, that neatly brings an end to this podcast episode. Just a quick bit of admin before we go. To all the teams taking to the field this weekend, no matter what the age group, the very best of luck to you all. And don't forget that this Friday, the 28th, there is more first-team action under the lights. And as always, your support will be a massive help to those on the field. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at Dan Tracy, 1983. To wrap things up, I just need to thank Michael for his time once again. So with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Newcastle Blue Star Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.